नमस्ते तो ये बनते बनते एक प्रकार की ट्रायलॉजी जिसमें पहले दिन हम लोगों ने श्री अरविंद फर्स्ट डे सॉरी हिंदी इंड्यूस्ड मी टू माय लव फॉर हिंदी ओके सो द फर्स्ट डे वी स्पोक अबाउट शोविंदोज वर्क विद द पास्ट विच वाज इम्पॉर्टेंट नेसेसरी बिकॉज द पास्ट हैज टू बी रिलीज्ड देर मेनी प्रेशियस पर्ल्स इन इट एंड दे हैड टू बी यूज पिक्ड अप taken up and integrated with the new life that he had come to give to earth and men in the second humanity had been caught up in its own web its web of the mind and the vital which had created a superstructure of civilization without adequate foundation because the foundation was lying low and made to believe that it is not a foundation at all so the result was that the world was progressing rapidly towards a disaster it had erected a superstructure just like in days of old atlantis or in you know far back days in our own myth we hear about lanka which had built a whole golden city but it lacked the foundation so when the foundation is missing you can be sure that today or tomorrow the building is going to crumble and that's exactly what was the situation 100 years back um the vital and mind of man together had colluded to create a superstructure and shubhendra had to show it the way and he spoke of it as an evolutionary crisis and he started releasing new lines of forces along which the world should move and move not only towards um, a better and fairer fairer world but towards a diviner world which he foresaw is coming so we see one of the works with regard to the future one of the most important works shubhendra spoke of it as his most important work and that is savitri and savitri um incidentally she is the there there are many you know timings according to which sun is given a name so there are many names of the sun so there is the sun which is hidden in the night there is sun which is early dawn the sun which is uh, you know or rising up in the sky then there is sun which is in its fullness then there is the sun which is setting Uh, there is a name for a sun which is hidden in the darkness so all these are different names of the sun and savitri is actually the name of the sun as it is beginning to emerge from the night so he was not just writing savitri he was invoking this sun hidden in the darkness of which the vedas speak of and this was his most important work which was for humanity to take a leap beyond the human or the animal human to the divine superhumanity of the future so we see in pondicherry once the issue of india's independence was basically settled he started launching on this work and yesterday we spoke about i think we spoke about the creation of a deva manava deva shristi a god like creation in which the gods were to participate lift humanity upward yet that humanity lifted nearer to the gods is not enough because uh, we know that you know it will still be an overmind creation and though people would be much more you know in every way powerful knowledgeable much much better forces will be at play yet it will be still it will be subject to an eventual at some point of time it will be threatened by a disintegration because it's not the perfect perfection so we sh- we see shurbindo launching on that work and which obviously none could understand because people see things which are tangible but they do not see the intangible movements which prepare the tangible things so often we take the example of shri krishna on the chariot so alone shri krishna is running the whole show on mahabharata on the kurukshetra war and the only one who knows it and knows it by half is arjuna that too because he has been told that <laughs> shri krishna himself shows him that it is me who is the one behind everything otherwise no one else knows so we see with shurbindo that during that phase very little is known about him whatever little we have is through his poems through his writings through some of his you know letters to the disciples they asked him repeatedly what are you doing what are you up to <laughs> and with his own characteristic way he would Uh, give certain indications which none would understand for example people would ask about supermind and shivindra would tell them that look you know uh, it is descending and uh, i can see the tail of it and then people would ask surely this year it must have come every birthday see till 1926 every birthday they would ask shivindra and he would say next year i will tell you 
then again they will ask shubhendu they say yes yes it is coming sir when will it come and shubhendu kept that question hanging for a long time and the reason is that it is a completely radical leap it was not just creating a better human being but such a radical leap for which humanity was not prepared and that's why in that course of time one of the best gifts biggest gifts that shubhendu gave to the earth is integral yoga so integral yoga is not another system of yoga people often ask that you know there are so many yogas obviously to give yet another yoga had no meaning if the goal was the same which is mukti so he makes it very clear in one of his letters that i am not here to create mutts or sanyasis but i am here to call the souls of the strong to the leela of krishna and kali so he has come here to uh, for a new leela the leela of krishna and kali there is a new game there is a new play it literally we can look at it like that the play has been upgraded when the play is upgraded there is much greater um, well we may use the word danger much greater challenge if we put it but much greater delight so this is this was the challenge before him and he didn't come here to establish an ashram and he had to use the word ashram for want of a better name because when you make a place that's what shubhendu said that i am using this word for want of a better name and the word comes from the root shram which means labor labor of another kind when arjav the poet uh, the british mathematician who became a poet when he was asked by his uh, some of his friends what are you doing there exactly so people often ask you know they've asked me also what are you doing there doc you're seeing patients what yes i'm seeing patients so what is the difference why can't you continue with the indian air force and see patients so arjav gave a very interesting reply he said will you understand if we say that we are grappling with our egos and fighting with it now you see of course one could fight with the ego even outside uh, even if you don't fight with the ego others will hit your ego so hard <laughs> that you'll be compelled to fight for it so what was special why was he creating this place this taposthali see this important work of shurbindo which is meant for the future someone asked nalida about the ashram he says as long as there is one person who has faith in the transformation and has aspiration for it the ashram will remain relevant not only that um, you know shubhendu himself has spoken of the ashram as the place of central influence so what is the ashram it's not an institution institutions will come and go they will you know institutional setup is there of course like anywhere else if you have to eat in dining room you have to take a pass you have to go to somebody and somebody and somebody these things will change you know outer structures of institutions will change uh, even some of the rules regulations will change that's how institutions are but the ashram is not an institution ashram is a special occult formation that's what the mother and shurbindo have created so they wanted uh, humanity to enter into a kind of cocoon uh, now this is not a cocoon where you shut yourself to the world like a laboratory some people asked me that you know um, is it not a cocoon and i said no it's a laboratory now when you work in a laboratory high end laboratory you have to shut yourself because you are exposed to serious radiation so this is the supramental laboratory shurbindo himself has written a letter that the ashram is a laboratory in which they have gathered different samples of humanity and all of them are representative samples on which they were pouring the supramental force it was not available for earth at large because earth was not ready so in this first experiment they created a seed plot of course without the mother it was impossible as shubhendu himself has said she took charge of the sadhana and took charge of the disciples and all their problems so they started working on two ends the mother on the uh, sample humanity and shurbindo more and more on the cosmic forces and to bring down the supramental which was available to him individually that's how we see in savitri what thou hast one is thine but ask no more truth born too soon might break the imperfect earth earth is too weak to bear the infinite weight so this was the double work that the two avatars were doing the here we see the avataric side of shurbindo so the other two we could say that you know a great vibhuti does uh, these uh, though even in that we see rarest of rare and yet yes those works could have been done by vibhutis who were inspired by him but this was a direct action and here we need to understand what shurbindo has said that the avatar comes to take humanity one step further creation one step further earth one step further humanity itself comes later and he speaks of the parable of the 10 avatars and the last avatar is of course kalki 
often i used to wonder when i read the parable why it stops with kalki it's only when i read shurbindu that i understood that well after that you don't need an avatar in a human body and the mother spoke of that precisely that i have always known that shurbindu is the last avatar in a human body and then when we look at the way shri krishna speaks of the avatar all you know the period of dharma seglani which we have already spoken about and then paritranaya sadhunam so in a way we can say that the ashram and the movement where people now more and more are turned all over the world who are these people the mother says in one of her messages that the future of the earth depends upon a change of consciousness and the change is bound to come and uh, but it is left to men to decide whether they will collaborate in the change or the change is thrust upon them by the power of crashing circumstances then in a similar in a similar vein but making it more personal she says that a new world based upon truth and refusing its old slavery to falsehood is born and then she says in all countries there are men who feel it there are human beings who feel it if they don't know it they feel it and it is to them we call will you collaborate so paritranaya sadhu naam is not sadhu in this sense that there are good people good guys and you know they are being tormented by the evil doers and well <laughs> that's one part but the permanent uh, radical solution is the uprooting of the tendency to evil it cannot simply be slaying um, the evil but slaying the evil in its own den but even though outwardly also the action took place as we know the second world war the worst of mankind came out and i i don't know if there is at least not to my knowledge if there is ever anything as comparable in terms of the nadir of human uh, consciousness and on such a large scale of course we hear about jenghis khan we hear about aurangzeb we hear about you know uh, such um, cruel uh, merciless uh, people even inquisition for that matter uh, we hear in ancient vedic time when the uh invaders came uh, sahasra arjun and some of them uh, sahasra arjun was a nice guy he's been much but uh, well he was prone to anger and he had his own issues but uh, kal yavan kal yavan had come he had come literally from the yavan desh so there there were invaders but none of this magnitude as we see with hitler stalin mussolini and how shurbinder and the mother fought it outwardly literally they were responsible for Uh, the death of hitler a disciple actually saw shivindo spoke of it as the mother's war and um, he had put his force uh, spiritual force in support of the allies uh, though he knew that they are also having uh, issues and problems but right then the problem was that if nazis if germany won if if hitler won let me put it like that uh, it was no fault of germany it was Shubindo speaks of this second war very interestingly. He says Germany was trying to find its soul, but ended up finding its vital. So you see, nationalism that Shubindo speaks about is something very interesting, and it is important. Nationalism he speaks of is as the second step of Vishnu, and today we see after nearly hundred years of all those prophetic words that nations are trying to find their soul. That's why we see this. wave of nationalism we swept across from to 2014 all over right from japan right up to america uh, through europe and india of course uh, but then he cautions uh, when he discusses all this in human cycle cautions that you know nationalism is to an effort to find your soul but we may end up discovering the vital being in man just like the asura he also wants to discover who he is aham brahmasmi but he ends up calling is vital as the brahman and that's where the problem comes so he says that germany this was what was happening but then it should discover eventually every nation must discover its soul so during that time he had put his force fully and you know ordinary circumstances one would have celebrated the victory and proclaimed to the world that look it is we very few people know this now of course there is a book available uh, hitler's god and many other george von rickem did a wonderful research and many other books speak about it people there are movies made on what this man stood for which at that point of time was never known he could see behind the propaganda of the of hitler's machinery and yet this was as if nothing so when mother was asked mother now that Uh, hitler is gone and you know all these people are gone uh, this is you know it it's that's not the important part why that's not the important part because there is the um, tendency that which created hitler 
is the end result of something which is right in the depths of the human consciousness. As long as human beings side with falsehood, as long as human consciousness sides with asuras, today or tomorrow, another Hitler will spring up. He says he was an instrument, it was important to remove him. But that's not the last victory. So the last victory was slaying the devil in his own den. So that's what we spoke about Shurbindo's plunge into the night. Very beautifully, he says that in one of his poems, poignantly rather I would say, where he says, I made an assignation with the night. In the abyss was fixed our rendezvous, carrying in my heart God's deathless light. I came her dark and dangerous heart to woe. And then he leaves his mind, vital, everything and plunges into the subconscious. And the disciple asked Niroda, Sir, you must be busy in that lotus land of the Empyrean. Uh, what about us disciples? And he says, not with the Empyrean am I busy, but in, with the subconscious mud and filth. See that autobiographical poem, I have been digging deep and long, made a horror of filth and mire, a bed for the golden river song, a bed for the golden river song, a home for the deathless fire. Coercing my Godhead, I have come down into this sordid earth, ignorant, laboring, human grown, twixt the gates of death and birth. Very clearly he shows now the avataric side. See, in the entire Mahabharata and Bhagavatam, there are few moments when Sri Krishna reveals who he is. And one of them is on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. So we see during that period, more and more suddenly, Shurabindu's avataric side, when there is all this is going on, uh, the war is going on, and at one point of time, Shurabindu says, we will see when, you know, Hitler is winning, winning, winning on a winning spree. And then Shubhinder says, we will see. It's such a powerful. Uh, and after that, the whole reversal starts. So, Paritra Nai Sadhunam. But during that period, there were people aspiring for the new world. Even even now, I, I, I know many of the people who have connected with Shubhinder have connected this way. Because they have aspired for something new, better, beautiful, but they don't know how. At least for me it was like that, that you know, I couldn't find it either in traditional religion or in philosophies as Eastern, Western, anywhere. Mukti is the last point which makes an absurdity of the whole act of creation. So we say creation is uh, Maya or something like that. But there are people who aspire, they want a terrestrial perfection. But how, we don't know. There have been efforts. There have been efforts, you know, we see in the gospel of death, in the dream twilight of the earthly real, death shows Savitri, see, this is the effort of all the revolutions. But Shurabindu and the mother didn't want that. They didn't want to repeat the old fiasco. They say something very interesting. I don't want to give the old wine in a new bottle. Another yoga. There are many yogas. Another yoga as a path to God-realization. Very often people ask these things that, you know, it is just like the yoga of the Gita. It is just like, you know, another way to God realization. So all that I say is you have neither read the Gita nor read this. So, or at least certainly not practiced it because otherwise one will not make this mistake. The goal of supramental yoga itself is different to start with. No other yoga had this goal of terrestrial perfection. The last we hear of it is something which... We hear in the aspiration of Agastrishi or Yagnavalk or some of these seers who were trying to, you know, in that great, even the great mantra given by Vishwamitra, uh, which Shurabindu further takes it to another level. Om Tat Savitur Varam Rupam Jyotihi Parasyadhimahi Yannaha Satyen Deepayet. Now here he is invoking the most auspicious form of the supramental light. What is Rishi Vishwamitra invoking? The rays. See the difference when you read <laughs> Om Bhurva Swatat Savitur Varenyam Bhargo Devasya Dhimahi Dhyo Yona Prachodhyat It's the rays of that same sun Effulgence coming into the mind Illumining it He is invoking Varam Rupam A most auspicious form of the sun So he was not satisfied with the rays The rays are the Swarlok of the Vedic Rishis So all that he had seen, experienced, done But he knew, knew that the rays will be subject to the night but the sun is not. See, it is very interesting. <laughs> sun never drowns. But the rays, we turn away from the rays. So the, the everlasting day he wanted to establish. So the work became twofold, which is exactly what the Gita says. On one side, paritranaya sadhuna. So people were getting drawn more and more, drawn by this new ideal, new aspiration. In a way, it is the old aspiration. Asadoma sadgamya, tamsoma jyotirgamya, amrityurma amritam gamya. And mankind has roamed with the light of this aspiration for thousands of years. 
if not you know several thousands i would say it has roamed all around now the time comes for its fulfillment and what is that aspiration that may the kingdom of the divine kingdom be here about divine above and within but may it be established here upon earth here and now and not only within but also outside in all we do and think and feel and act so this was the task and there were people who feel it in all countries there are people who feel it she says who know it or at least feel it sense it and they are the ones paritranaya sadhana they may not be sadhu by the standard code of conduct maybe far from it <laughs> none of the rishis when shubhendra described as sadhus this idea of sadhu comes is the rishis were very passionate people they were very creative if you look at the life of rishi shubhendra says that they were intensely creative they intensely passionate they loved life they were not like the baby but they wanted life in a different way the mold was very different they knew astra vidya shastra vidya everything they knew they knew the various shastras that's how they knew all the subjects that's how they could teach they could administer they could run institution so this is what we see paritranaya sadhunam so this was the sadhunam uh, in fact the typical what we call as sadhu uh, with a loin cloth and uh, you know who is fasting uh, on every ekadashi and dwadashi uh, well when mother was asked about the supramental world she says you know what supramental world has very different set of values than what human beings hold and what is it that is required she said what the supramental world wants is immobility the power of immobility that is equanimity and along with that wideness and plasticity time doesn't suffice to go into it but several places you know this has been discussed then she was asked but mother what are those things which belong to the old world which will have no value for the new world because he said many things that human beings value don't have much value for the new world and she said she laughed and laughed she says when i looked at it i laughed uncontrollably for almost 2 hours when she saw that oh <laughs> this is the criteria they are going to take so what are the values once she has said what are the values required plasticity wideness equanimity we can add sincerity is a very fundamental quality uh, of course aspiration faith what is it that it doesn't value human beings value and says for example this ascetic idea in india people sometimes ask innocent question understandable should we read savitri after taking a bath well that in a way was answered by swami vikananda differently every day you must give bath to the body and the soul but if you don't have time for both give to the soul so this is a very wide ranging uh, so those are not the things important those things then of course she spoke about things like the sanctity of marriage once married in heaven suffered on earth for life long well i mean i am not saying that marriage is <laughs> i was going to say beautiful yeah it's a beautiful thing whatever that's not important the important thing was he changed the basis that's what is important so basis of ordinary marriages not in the vedic times but you see she was ushering a new age again by living example so the basis of marriage in the old world as it had become toward the end was ladki badi ho gayi hai the girl has grown up she must be tied otherwise there are dangers now this was the silliest of you know the worst kind of but this is what it was you know if you look squarely in the face of things what was the other thing you need to have children again strange kind of ideal this is not how marriages were viewed in ancient india marriage was not a legal document this legal document of marriage means we mistrust each other why would two people ever want to have a legal document if they have trust in each other they don't trust see the basis is wrong the basis is it's a legal contract so you may are so i have this paper with me i am going to slap a court case on you see this is what marriage has become so what were they trying to make it they didn't want to use the word like many old consciousness words they have removed not marriage but yes togetherness but what is the basis spiritual psychic a common aspiration the commonality of aspiration all else is there but with the aspiration at the core so they change this and there are many such experiment they have done if you look at mother and shubindu's life people often ask were they married no they were not married but if you ask mother she would laugh at it 
But what did she say about herself? Without him, I exist not. Without me, he is unmanifest. Of course, they are the divine and the shakti. This is the original truth where the masculine and the feminine come together for you know uh, a new creation. This this is a very different thing than the way it had become. So many such old things they broke. Similarly, uh, the basis should be not even love, human love as we understand it. Human love is very very uh, you know. Faulty thing, faulty in the sense that it's the easiest to say, but most difficult to follow from next day onwards. So it is the commonality of aspiration which is the key, and then yes, love and togetherness and intimacy and everything else later. So in everything, sports when people started, see how they were by example giving a new creation, creative arts. So people would come and Shobindu is the first one who distinguishes. I mean, it must have been known, perhaps I'm sure, but. In modern times, who says there is an art inspired by the vital, and there is an art which is inspired by the higher worlds, and he gives examples. So in the ashram, we see, you know, he was encouraging artists, poets. The mantra must be brought down and manifested because that's how people have, you know, had lost the value of poetry. Somebody asked me uh, some time back, long back, what is the point? You know, ultimately, you have to meditate. What is the use of poetry? I said, yes, exactly. This is how one of the religions said poetry is banned, music is banned. All the best thing is banned. At the end, you, you know, you talk about meditation, but it's purely a selfish end. Manifestation is finished. But poetry is important even if there is one genuine poet in the world. Why it is important? Because he is uplifting the power of speech to its highest possibilities. So, Savitri is not just Shobindu's own experiment at ascension. It is he has made human speech capable of being lifted to heights which it had never known. So what happens when we read Savitri, when we read Shurabindu's works? Whether we understand or not, that's a later issue. None can understand Shurabindu. Let me start with that very square and clear. He is too vast to be understood. Yes, we can open to him. He can reveal to us what he reveals to us. That's beautiful, that's love, that is grace. But then when we read Savitri, when we read poetry, our own possibility of speech ascends, thought ascends. Speech has several layers. It's not just that we start speaking in a rhythmic way, but our thought ascends, touched by the mantra, as when the mantra sings in yoga's ear, stirring the blind brain which does not understand anything. And yet it does its work. So this was another kind of action that they were engaged in. Even hardcore things, education. This Shobindo had released this new idea. Where can you practice it? So this was like an experiment. They started willy-nilly because the Second World War, as the mother said, left a great package at our door. Small little, <laughs> small little. She has used a very interesting word. She speaks of a little package at our door And these little ones who cannot You can't talk to them about yoga And yet they are there So how from childhood you can prepare For a much greater So in, in that sense they were re-establishing the Gurukul But in a new way entirely Gurukul, literally Shobindo is the Guru And this is a school and they are establishing a Gurukul but along very different lines, along the lines of uh, the new creation. So the whole uh, structure, the way the outer, you know, the way teaching is uh, given is very, very different. That's a whole subject in its own right. Then another very interesting aspect because ultimately it is the body which has to be transformed. So we see that with regard to the body, this physical education department came up. And boys were very happy, girls were very shy. But there were many actions that they were doing simultaneously. See, this was one thing about Shurabindra and the mother, the way divine works. We see from point to point. So our eyes are like the kingfisher at the most. Kingfisher is only focused on the little fish. But the divine's vision is like the eagle. So what does the eagle do? It's flying. It's not sitting like the kingfisher. It's seeing everything all around. And it is also seeing the fish. So while it is catching the fish and coming outside, amazing sight. It is simultaneously keeping in mind all that is around. So divine action is invariably global. 
So in the physical education department, many things simultaneously they started. They knew that a new age is coming in which all the gender differences, the way we understand it, have to go away. How did the mother start in a small way? She asked the girls, come, wear your shorts, come to the playground. And the girls were very shy. And the mother had her own way. She said, you know, you are looking very pretty. Your legs are looking very pretty. <laughs> That's how she started. <laughs> of course, these are not the shorts, the way we understand shortest short. But they were shorts which were neat, they were smart, they were good. And because you are doing physical education, girls were taught fencing. Everything which was considered as the domain of the men, she gave to women. Even departmental heads, this was not, um, you know, even today, the advanced countries in the world try electing a woman president. It meets with resistance. But she started making them departmental head. I don't know what would have happened then, but I know that this itself created ripples. Even there were people who, uh, as late as, you know, 20 years back, and they would say, Oh, uh, I cannot work under a woman. I have actually heard somebody say this. I said, Then you need to need not be here in the ashram because the head of the ashram is the woman, <laughs> the feminine. See, these were actions where he was completely resetting the balance of the old world. But another thing, because the boys and girls were playing together, but in a healthy way, there are two kinds of mixtures. One is when boys and girls mix up, but in a very unhealthy way. They party together, they you know go together and they mix in the most lowest substratum of humanity. But here, they were mixing together in a friendly game. They were playing. So after some time, this whole impulse, this is boy, this is girl, begins to go away. If you ever go and see the ashram playground, it's something very amazing. That how her action creates this, this difference with which we grew up. That just begins to go away simply because of the way she has, uh, you know, arranged and organized things. Because in the new consciousness that was coming, girl, women, they all had to play very important play. It was, uh, even the body had to change. It was no more going to be uh, the third action, which she says that the body itself will begin to lose those things which we typically associate with each gender. So we see this is happening in the world, which is very interesting action of the Divine Mother. And they will come together, but as friends, not as, you know, having children and all those things. So this was an action, but regarding the body, most importantly, People thought that, you know, we have to remain fit and healthy. And so they questioned the mother's wisdom. There were people who asked her, you know, new creation. All, because it's a manifestation. It's not a path where you withdraw from life. So people didn't understand why there is cinema in the playground. Mother has to write a letter. Why, what is the role of music? Mother was playing music. And then Shurabindra has to explain, she is bringing higher forces into play. It's not music for the sake of music. And then, well, in the playground, why there is so much stress on physical education? Um, you see, ashram is a strange place where you have uh, a playground, or, you know, you call it playground. Ask anybody coming to the ashram, where is the meditation ground? So what they will say, they'll say everywhere, anywhere you can meditate. You can meditate near the samadhi, you can meditate in the playground, you can meditate in the department, you can meditate everywhere. Why do you need a special place? But for playground, what was going on there was an experiment on the body. Because the body has to participate, the cells must open to the grace. So it was a completely new creation. At the same time, what about Vinashai to Duskritam? It was not enough to destroy Hitler and Stalin and Mussolini. It was important to go to the roots of evil. And that's a whole sega of the mother and Shubindu which is hardly discussed. It's about the four asuras who are at the root of creation. It is they who spring up a surprise. You know, those four whose names are already there. And then the mother was asked, why don't you just destroy them? See, Rama destroyed Ravana and Krishna destroyed Kansa and Sishupal and many others. So, so they also destroyed Hitler and Mussolini. That's not the point. They also destroyed Asuras who were behind ideas and ideologies. But that was not the point. The point was those who are at the very den, in the evil's den. So they asked, but you can go there and destroy it. See, naivety of human consciousness. 
So mother was asked this question. She said, yes. So what will be the consequences? Well, most of humanity will be destroyed. Why? Because they feed on the asura. Humanity, the, the asura of falsehood, for example, humanity lives by deception. It has become its way of life, law of life. So if that were to be destroyed right away, most of humanity will collapse. So they were giving a long rope very patiently. So, paritranaya sadhunam vinashaya chaduskritam dharma sansthapna thai. So these two aspects of dharma, as we have said, we normally think dharma sansthapna means we will go back to the old tradition. We will once again, you know, uh, in every home there will be a, maybe a yagisha life, not vigraha puja. No, that's not what they want. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Sanatan Dharma is very vast. It's not even learning a new type of meditation. It's not about cult and sex. It's about Dharma in its unfolding. Truth in its unfolding will bring a new manifestation. And that new manifestation is the main work of Sri as the avatar. As the mother said in one of the messages, each avatar is the forerunner of a more perfect future realization. But humanity... Uh, you know, always holds the avatar of the past in opposition to the avatar of the future. Now again, Sri has come and his message meets the same resistance as of those who went before him. But tomorrow will prove the truth of his uh, work, uh, the truth of his vision and his work will be done. So this is what we see is the new leap which Sri spoke about and as the avatar, this was their work. So what really was this integral yoga? Of course, a very vast uh, literature, but I'll just read one passage. So Shivinda has called it differently at different points of times. One place he has used the word integral yoga. Another place he has used the word supramental yoga. Uh, third place he has used the word very simply, which to my heart is the very beautiful, is the mother's yoga. All who are turned to the mother are doing my yoga. So, what is this? Uh, but basically, its purpose is to have a new creation, the supramental manifestation. So, there are uh, several writings. I have just picked up one of them. Uh, this 1930. So, the mother in 1929 to 31 is preparing the disciples for this uh, yoga. During that time, Shubindu writes this. And this is titled The Path. The supramental yoga is at once an ascent towards God and a descent of Godhead into the embodied nature. So, of course, all yoga is an ascent towards God. That part is common. But the descent of the Godhead in our nature, each of us represents an aspect of the divine and that aspect must descend into us and use our body, mind and life to manifest. That's a new lila. The ascent can only be achieved by a one-centered, all-gathering, upward aspiration of the soul and mind and life and body. The descent can only come by a call of the whole being towards the infinite and eternal divine. If this call and this aspiration are there, or if by any means they can be born and grow constantly and seize all the nature, then and then only a supramental uplifting and transformation becomes possible. So there are several stages of this ascension. He has described one of the gifts of Shurabinda among the many with regard to just the yoga is the psychic being. Now psychic being is mentioned passingly in the Upanishads and the Vedas but they bring it to the forefront. Psychic transformation is indicated in you know, if you read um, mystic uh, Christian literature, you will see the psychic transformation. The prayers of St. Augustine and some other, um, you know, saints which are very psychically oriented. Bhakti, the entire bhakti movements and some of these Sufi experiences, you will see the psychic touch. So, psychic transformation is the base. But Sri brought it out to the forefront. What really is happening? What was, what is this process? What is this, um, uh, this thing called soul? We all hear about it. Can we really find the soul and how to find it, become one with it? Then of course the spiritual transformation, higher ranges of consciousness and finally the supramental transformation. So another contribution in that sense was the entire gradation of consciousness which should have been the once again brought to the forefront. 
This opening is a throwing wide of all the nature on all its levels and in all its parts to receive into itself without limits the greater divine consciousness. The important word is without limits. This is the difficult part of this yoga. Because little bit one receives and after that one we have this tendency to slump. Uh, human nature cannot constantly receive. It has to keep growing plastic. So in this yoga what happens is it starts with this little, then a little more. As he says to Niruddha, that well it starts like a trickle initially. You know, it is like our municipality. Now, no, now things are much better. Okay, So this is old time. Now you have running water in India. Very soon we'll have potable water all through. <laughs> but <laughs> So it started, used to start with a trickle. And we used to ask, Pani aya kya? Has the water come? And they say, ah, it has started coming. Why? Because there is steam and little bit trickle. Then after some time it would increase the flow but intermittent. And then you see that it is coming with a great force. And you say, oh, fill the tubs, fill the tubs. So this is exactly how yoga proceeds. First there is trickle, a little trickle here, a little trickle there, an image, a dream, a beautiful state. And then this trickle becomes a more and more continuously running supply of the divine streams. And then of course it becomes changes into a cascade of the purifying mighty Ganges, supramental Ganges. So, this has to be wide open in every aspect of nature. In the receiving, there must be no inability to contain, no breaking down of anything in the system. This is a tremendous power. We use this word so loosely, supramental is, we can imagine it's the power of the creator. What it means to directly live in the sun, not even under the sun. So, but Shubhindra has undertaken this work and uh, for the divine nothing is really impossible. But the body, mind have to undergo a sufficient transmutation. See, I was very happy recently when I heard about India sending a solar probe, Surya Yan. I feel it's a very interesting something which has come. And that was the reason why Shubhinda wanted India to wake up because India has the base to be the forerunner of the new creation. It already has that base. Many things in Shubhinda's yoga, faith, aspiration, surrender, we drink it with mama's milk. So, you know, when we are told, <laughs> even <laughs> whatever biggest scientist you may be, you know, we recently read the case of Nambiar and he says, yes, I believe in God. What's there? I am a big scientist. What does it matter? This is my culture. So he would wear a janeo and you know, do a puja and home because this is how we have grown up. And there is already a base with the Vedas, Upanishads, the take home point, take off point. That was the reason why the base of India was required. So Suryan literally means the, it's not just about the propelling fuel, the whole structure, You the yarn cannot go nearby if it is composed of something which is going to melt away as it comes nearer. So this body, if we take it as a yarn, as a you know vehicle, if it bears the impact, this can shatter. And we see that entire thing described in the mother's uh, whole process of transformation. That's why it's a slow process. Transformation by its nature cannot be rapid. Because if it tries to be rapid, if the pressure, not that the divine cannot do it, but human cannot receive it. It will annihilate. That's what the mother says that world has to be ready to an extent, otherwise it will go to blazes if the divine love manifests. So there has to be a receptivity. Receptivity comes by giving oneself. So he says no breaking down of anything. There must be an endless receptivity and always increasing capacity to bear an ever stronger and more and more insistent action of the divine force. And then he says, but since no human system has this endless receptivity and unfailing capacity, the supramental yoga can succeed only if the divine force, as it descends, increases the personal power and equates the strength that receives with the force that enters from above to work in the nature. So it is the divine force which does it. We open, become receptive and all that comes up, we keep giving. The more we give, the more receptive we become, the more we are able to bear that force. And whatever is received has to be turned into the divine purposes. The moment we try to turn anything into selfish personal uses, then the problem comes. And how this is to be done? This is only possible 
if there is on our part a progressive surrender the stress is on progressive of the being into the hands of the divine there must be a complete and never failing ascent a courageous willingness to let the divine power do with us whatever is needed for the work that has to be done this is the baby cat incidentally you let the divine power do with you whatever it wants to do we may not understand its workings who can understand the working of the divine if one were to understand it then we would be the divine rather than mentally struggling creatures so with complete trust let him do whatever is happening this shobindo emphasizes several places that's why equanimity is a base that's why kalyan shraddha is a must kalyan shraddha is that whatever is happening is happening for the sake of the good divine knows it so every time something happens turn to her this that will be very simple yoga and keep offering to her and tell her mother this is happening inside me i don't know i don't understand you know everything my aspiration is to belong completely to you and see how she will take everything and integrate with her this is her beauty for the powers of a mind life and body are bound to their own limitations and however high they may rise or however widely expand they cannot rise above their natural ultimate limits but still mental man can open to what is beyond him and call down a supramental light this mother of course says don't pull but give yourself and finally he says something very interesting about the surrender and it must be a surrender and an opening to the divine alone and to no other this is so important because now there will be a tendency already a kind of quasi tendency has started for mini gurus now in this yoga there is no guru except mother and shiv and they are much more than gurus don't make them guru and make them feel very far guru ji uh, somebody was asking me you know uh, it's such a special day i don't know when i see shivindo's picture i just feel like caressing his cheek so i caressed his cheek then i realized oh am i supposed to do it so i thought that okay where his feet is there i am going to touch the feet so as is it okay i said don't miss the opportunity you got this feeling to caress his cheek he is a friend friend and lover the master of man and his infinite lover he is close to our hearts had we vision to see you know shivindo himself gave that story swapna he has expanded the relations with god this idea of guru and shishya it's only one of the relations and shivindo says it's not the one we commonly use in this yoga in the supramental yoga it's a many sided relation with the divine the sun is the guru yes in his light we see but the sun is also the nourisher you see in isha upanishad he is the fosterer without him we can't live he is the giver of plenty he is the one who removes away all the clouds so he is not just a guru who is giving us light but many more things and as the mother says when people used to feel oh this is too intense sun actually is a very yogic truth she reveal so people said oh sun is too intense he said make friends with the sun it will cure you of your anemia see this statement which looks very uh, simple on the surface it is look at the profundity when the divine intensity is too much to bear make friends with it make divine your friend what will happen anemia what is anemia your inability to contain that energy he will cure us of that anemia so so to make him our friend that's what she says i don't want to be your guru i want to be your mother of course shubhendra was not comfortable when we use the word father he said oh my god i don't like to be domesticated father abba no 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 friend yes the master of man and his infinite lover he is close to our hearts had we vision to see we are lost in the mind and its pride and its passions and its palms and its passions we are bound by our thoughts where we hold ourselves free so just that's what surrender is to give oneself completely and become and belong to him so that's what he describes even in the chapter on avatar that who are the ones who benefit from the avatars coming and there shubindo describes what is there in the gita mad bhavam mad gata man mana mad bhakta madhyaji manamaskaro they who by love by faith by surrender open to the avatar so so he says don't others are friends 
Okay. A little ahead, a little behind. That's how it describes in the synthesis. But the mother is the mother. And there should be full clarity on that. Self-surrender, in the end he says, self-surrender to the divine and infinite mother, however difficult, remains our only effective means and our sole abiding refuge. So, ultimate mantra of this yoga is Ma, 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 Ma. Self-surrender to her means that our nature must be an instrument in our hands. Our soul, a child in the arms of the mother. So, we have to redo our identity cards. Time for a new one. All this... (laughs) Old world identity should go and the only identity should be child of the Divine Mother. There is a letter of Shivindu where he says, If there is an unwillingness to become a child newborn to the Divine Mother, if there is a refusal of the psychic birth, then whatever Siddhis you may find get in the vital, however much illuminations you may have in the mind, even if the body can have astounding feats, yet nothing genuine has been done. It is only when we become a child newborn to the Divine Mother that this yoga can be done and not otherwise. So become a child, let us from today, this beautiful day of Sri birth, may it be also our birth. Because it's only when the parents are there that the children are there. <laughs> so, and let our identities from today be simply, very simply, mother's child deep within. And our instrument, our speech, our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, our deeds, nothing else but an instrument for the divine manifestation upon earth. The new manifestation which is not only promised but assured to us. Namaste. Namaste.